Hey, family, sleeping family, welcome. It's me, Charmaine. I'm back with another podcast episode that will hopefully help you to understand how your baby sleeps a little bit better and hopefully share with you a tip, a trick, or some kind of pearl of wisdom that will help you to understand sleep a little better and help you to get hopefully just a tad more sleep or even a lot more sleep. So if you're new to this podcast, my name is Charmaine Walters. I'm a mom. I am a night nanny. I'm a parent sleep educator and I blog over at soundlysleeping.co.uk where my goal or my mission is to help parents to understand why their kids sleep the way they do. Our babies have been waking up overnight for centuries, but unfortunately our attitude towards them in the modern era has changed and led us to believe that how our kids sleep is a problem causing parental stress, sleep deprivation and all kinds of other problems. But for me, my job or my mission is to help parents to understand that while how our kids sleep can be challenging, there are things that you can do to make sleep happen at times that are predictable and manageable for you and help you to help your baby to sleep through the night sooner rather than later when they are ready and able to. So today I wanted to join um, or join, today I wanted to come live and talk a little bit about separation anxiety and how it can impact sleep and sometimes make sleep really challenging for your baby or your toddler. So um, I often get messages from mums around about the six month mark, usually when their babies are have been fairly good sleepers, they've managed to um, get through the four month regression and any other issues that come up. And then they start to slowly notice that their baby um, is resisting going down for naps, resisting going down at bedtimes, waking up a little bit more frequently and not really understanding why. And a lot of the time it's because separation anxiety is coming into play. Now, separation anxiety is a normal part of your child's development and them actually developing a bit of separation anxiety could be seen as a positive thing because it means that your baby is growing, they're developing, they're learning more about the world around them, they're learning more about their feelings about the world around them and the world for them is getting bigger. But it can often mean that when they are um, feeling the effects of separation anxiety, it can often mean that their need for help and support from their parents, mainly their primary caregiver or their mother can intensify and they might demonstrate the three C's, which is they're crying more, they're a lot more clingy and they tend to be a little bit more cranky. So um, if you are a reader of the Wonder Weeks or you find the Wonder Weeks apps, you'll be very familiar with the three C's. But um, separation anxiety is, as I said before, a normal part of your baby's development. So basically, separation anxiety in its simplest terms is just basically a worry or a fear or an anxiety that a baby or toddler feels at the thought of the idea of or the actual separation from their main primary caregiver, usually mum and sometimes dad too. But it's usually the main the main caregiver, which more often than not is mum. Um, sometimes even in the presence of dad, little ones can become anxious to show a preference for mum. But again, this is normal. So if there are dads listening to this and you've noticed that your baby um, is calmed by you, but then when mummy appears, that's who they want. Please don't feel any type of way about this. Sometimes it can do, but it's a normal part of development. It doesn't mean that they don't love you. It just means that they have a preference for uh, for mummy in that given moment. <clears throat> it will change. Trust me, daddies, it will change. So um, the reason why this um, heightens around the six month mark is because when babies are born, they sometimes, um, how can I describe this? They don't realize that they are separate entities from from their mums. So they are literally born thinking and feeling that mummy 
is a, is is an extension of themselves that mummy is always there they don't realize that mum is separate from them i actually read somewhere that they even share our energy fields that they share the same energy field as their mother which would probably explain why when we as mothers can feel anxious upset or frustrated or any feel any type of negative emotion a lot of the time our little ones can pick up on that but i don't have any evidence or scientific evidence to prove that. So I'm going to go away and research that and come back to you with that. But I have heard that theory before. Um, a lot of the time, that's why um, when we have separation anxiety, or rather when our little ones have separation anxiety, I will often say to mums who write to me, what do I do? I often say to them, don't mirror the panic because you're kind of reinforcing that our babies should feel fear when realistically it's a normal part of their development and it's just for us to help them and to support them through that period. So as they grow and they mature intellectually and develop physically, the world around them gets bigger and their understanding of object permanence solidifies. And basically what object permanence is, is the understanding that when something is out of sight, it still exists. Now for your baby, when they start to realize actually mummy has disappeared and she still exists, they then start to get panic and become fearful that you won't return. Of course, we always do. We always come back, but it becomes that fear, especially as baby becomes more physically able they're able to reach and grab for more they might have started crawling if they're um seven eight nine months they might have started to um explore the world around them and they as their world around them expands they realize that they're just a small part in this big world around them and as you can imagine as any human being would feel you know sometimes we feel a little bit intimidated by that expansion or the idea that the world around us has grown so this is why our babies feel fear and get anxious now a lot of parents don't understand why that same anxiety would impact them when our little ones are sleeping but when you think about sleep in terms of um what it means it basically not only is your child getting rest but it means that they're separate from you now i explained this to um, a former client of mine in that when we think about separation anxiety and um in the physical sense in terms of a child preferring mummy to another individual as much as separation anxiety can be an issue, you are physically handing them in the care of somebody else. So that person that they're being given to, even though that person isn't their mummy or their main primary caregiver, that person is there to comfort them, to soothe them and to reassure them until mummy returns. And so when you think about separation anxiety from person to person, you kind of feel like, okay, well, that's not quite a big deal. That's an easier transition to help your child to get through. But when you think about sleep and the process of falling asleep, they're separate from mummy, but we're not handing them anywhere. We're basically giving them to the unknown, if you think about it. You know, when our kids fall asleep, they're separate from us and they dream and their dreams are based on their subconscious and, you know, the things that they've experienced during the day. But we're not physically handing them into the care of someone, which when you think about it, if you put yourself in the position of your child, you can understand why they might feel a little bit fearful at being separate from us while they might resist going down for naps and sleep. And I say this to my clients all the time, try and put your baby, put yourself in your baby's shoes and try to see things from their perspective and then comfort them based on that. So I always say to parents, if you're experiencing or you're, or you're noticing that your child is becoming resistant to going down for naps and sleeps, don't worry, just help them and um, help them by reassuring them and supporting them through this difficult phase. So I'm going to give you some tips on what you can do 
to help your little one and to help you get through separation anxiety and to help minimize the impact that it might have on sleep. So number one, the first thing I want you to do is to reframe your thoughts about separation anxiety. Now, I know when separation anxiety is heightened, your child, your baby is going to be a lot more demanding of you. They're going to be a lot more demanding of your time. They're going to need reassurance from you. And a lot of the time, especially if you have a high needs baby or you have a child that can be particularly demanding, or if you're isolated and you're, you know, parenting on your own for the majority of the time it's quite easy to feel overwhelmed and to feel tapped out and to kind of feel resentful of the fact that they're going through separation anxiety but if you think of it as actually it being good a good thing the fact that your child loves you and needs you means they trust you they have a healthy and secure attachment to you and it's a normal part of their development so if you can reframe your thoughts around separation anxiety and think of it as just a temporary phase it's something that will will pass this too shall pass, as my mum likes to say to me when I'm feeling stressed. Don't worry, Charmaine. This too shall pass. Think of it like that. This too shall pass. If I can support and comfort my child through this, we will get through it easily, hopefully more quickly. This too shall pass. It's a phase and it means that my baby is growing and developing. Um, another tip that can really help you and help your baby is to always respond. Sometimes I know I've done this in the past. I'm guilty of this. So this is not me judging you if, the, if you've done this. But sometimes, you know, you have just put your baby down for a second and they start screaming and ranting and raving because you put them down and you just think, you know what, you're all right there for a second. And you kind of just leave them to it. Or you might even go as far as ignoring them temporarily. I would say to you, even if you can't physically pick them up or physically comfort them, verbally respond to them always. Let them know that you're there. Use your voice, use your facial expressions, your body language to communicate to your child that it's okay. They're going to be all right. You'll be with them in a second and say what you mean and mean what you say. So if you know that you're going to put your child down for a second, and leave the room for a minute and come back, say that to them, say, I'm going to put you down here for a second. Mummy's going to go to the bathroom or to the kitchen or to the toilet, and I'm going to be right back and do exactly that. And then come back and say to them, you see, I was right back. Because when you're communicating to your child, you're building that trust, you're comforting them and you're supporting them, even though they're going to find it difficult, you're still verbally reassuring them. So even if you can't physically pick them up know and understand that it's important to respond always and let them know what you're doing when you're going to do it um another important step for you to do or to um think about when your child is experiencing separation anxiety is that sometimes we're really tempted to kind of like blow off a nap or you know we just think okay we won't go to class this week or we won't do what we normally do but i think during a time when separation anxiety is heightened i think it's even more important to maintain your routines and to still do what your child is used to so if you're used to going to um, a music class every thursday morning still do that it's important to maintain your routines because if your child is used to being able to predict what's happening now and what's happening next and you change that, that can make the anxiety even worse. So maintain your routines. If you're finding your baby is resisting naps, don't forego nap time altogether. Maybe tweak nap time by napping together, by co-sleeping or allowing them to nap on you temporarily. Bear in mind I said temporarily, just so that the overtiredness is avoided. 
because I don't know if you're following me, but you'll know that overtiredness is not your friend when it comes to sleep, when it comes to developments, when it comes to regressions. Avoiding overtiredness is is the most important thing because overtiredness is just going to make everything worse for your little one. So do what you can to facilitate naps. Sometimes it, you are going to need to you know cuddle them or baby wear them during naps. Don't worry about creating a bad habit because you can always go back to what works once the separation anxiety has passed. Something else you could do is maybe consider giving or, or, or um, making more use of a comfort object or a lovey, something that smells of you or something that you can keep with you when you're cuddling and supporting your baby and allow them to use for comfort and support when you're away from them. If this object or um, thing that they use for comfort is infused with your scent, that's even better because it can be even more comforting for them when they're away from you. It can be quite hard to condition or to get them to attach themselves to a comfort object if it's not something that they've already been accustomed to. So if you're introducing a comfort object for the first time, know and understand you're going to have to keep it with you and them for a considerable amount of time to begin with before it becomes something they become attached to. And there's no guarantee that they will. They might pick their own comfort object. But it doesn't hurt to try and give them one if it's not something that you've done before. Definitely consider it. And please do go and check out my, my blog. I'm going to give you the link to it um, in the credits for this blog post as well. So if you want to read more on separation anxiety after you listen to this, you can. Um, uh, I think it's important to um, stress that while separation anxiety might be rearing its head and bear in mind that separation anxiety is something that will come and go. So you might first or your baby might first experience separation anxiety when they're about five or six months. It might disappear and then come back again around eight or nine months and then reappear around 12 months, again at 18 months two years, two and a half, three years. It's something that goes away and comes back. It can heighten and intensify and then it can die down. So it's important to bear in mind when at the times when separation anxiety can heighten. And also during those times, if separation anxiety is something that your little one really struggled with, bear in mind that that around about the time when they're experiencing an issue with it might not be a good time to introduce new stresses or new stimuli. So um, I often find that parents tend to head back to work or mums tend to head back to work around about eight or nine months, which unfortunately is when separation anxiety is heightening. If you are able to avoid going back to work at that point, maybe go back to work before then or after then, great. I know sometimes life gets in the way and you're not able to do that. If you can do extra things to support your baby, i.e., you know, get a comfort object, maybe leave a picture of you or something that smells of you with your nanny or your childminder or your baby's daycare, if you can. But if as much as you can, if you can avoid introducing stressful situations to your baby around about the time that separation anxiety is heightened, that will work best for you. Because then it just having additional stress around about the time of separation anxiety is just going to make it that much harder for your baby, which in turn makes it that much harder for you. Sometimes it's unavoidable being able to, you know, arrange life around what our baby's experiencing. But if you have control over things like that, I would say try to minimise any new stress or any new stimuli around about times that separation anxiety is heightened. So that's all I wanted to share with you today. I try to keep my podcast short and sweet. I like to give you the information that you need so that you can listen and apply it as soon as you can. Um, thank you so much for listening. Please do feel free to leave me a review wherever you hear this podcast, whether you hear it on Anchor or if you hear it on iTunes. 
please do leave me feedback and let me know how I can make this podcast better for you. If there are things that you'd like to know about sleep that I haven't shared with you, I would love it if you could send me an email and let me know. Also, I wanted to let you know that I have created a free resources page on my website for any mums who stumble across my blog or who stumble across me on Instagram who would like free information on helping your babies to sleep better. I have a page on my website, soundlysleeping.co.uk forward slash free resources.html. Type that into your browser and you'll find all my videos there. I have a video on overtiredness, extending cat naps, how to help your toddlers um, to sleep well, how to avoid bedtime battles. And every time I get um, a a plethora of similar questions, I create a video around it to help and to support you. So please do go and check out that page as well if you're struggling with sleep. If you would like more specialised and personalised support with how your baby sleeps, do feel free to get in touch with me. I do one-to-one support and consultations to help all parents, all mums to understand what's going on with their little ones and to become more confident and to help their babies to sleep better. Some parents, um, let me just say this, every parent's goal is different when it comes to their what it is they want for sleep. Not every parent's desire is to get their kids sleeping through the night. Some parents just desire to minimise um, night feedings or to transition away from co-sleeping. So please don't feel that if sleeping through the night is not your ultimate goal, that I can't help and support you. I can help you to understand what is going on with your baby. I can help you understand why they might be struggling with sleep. I can help you to identify the reasons why they're struggling with sleep so that you can help your baby in the quickest, gentlest and most respectful way. And I can help you understand sleep in a, in a better way because I know there's a lot of misinformation out there shared on sleep I know there's a lot of experts out there saying your baby should be sleeping through the night by six months old when unfortunately or fortunately babies who sleep through the night at six months are exception and not the rule so please don't feel disheartened if you're listening to this and your baby or your toddler is still waking up at night you are not alone I'm working with hundreds and hundreds of parents to help them get the sleep they need. And I can help you too. I would love to help you. So please do get in touch. Follow me on Instagram or come to my website or send me an email and let me know how you would like for me to support you. I am more than happy to do that. Take care. I will see you soon. Bye-bye. Peace out.